Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Better Business Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Cook, and today I have the co-founder and president of Thirst Drinks, a man by the name, as he likes to be called to his followers, Ethan from Thirst. He has five locations and over 100 employees at Thirst. He is also the franchise owner of a Wetzel's Pretzels and a food truck owner. He's a young entrepreneur who vlogs. He has a very active Instagram, and he is not afraid to try new things. All of that being said, he is 24 years old. Ethan, welcome to the show. Oh, man, it's a pleasure. Are we... Um, are we telling people that this is our second go? <laughs> yeah, here we are. Uh, so let's be. I just blew it, but let's be completely transparent. Ethan is so kind in his heart to re-freaking record an entire episode. He's already spent over an hour with me prior to this, so now we know each other. Um, I know the ins and outs of his business, so maybe I can uh, twist the questions to uh, be even better this time. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think we can go deeper this time. We'll get past that surface level stuff, give people some real, uh, some real deep business stuff, huh? That's right. So, you know, how we, how we started the last episode was you were talking about how you went straight from high school and started this concept called thirst. Um, and, uh, you had the, the Wetzel's pretzels and, and kind of doing all those things. Tell me a little bit about your journey. Um, once again. Sure. Yeah. So I, I mean, I've been an entrepreneur for forever. I feel like my journey has been forever, but really kind of started when I was 11. I started a lawn mowing business with my buddy. And uh, I mean, the very first thing we pushed our lawn mowers across the neighborhood a couple miles and mowed our first lawn and the rest is history. Flyered every door, knocked every door, did the best customer service we could. We uh, figured out how to do marketing. We figured out how to our employees. I, when I was 16, I moved on and started a shaved ice shack, um, right above my high school and really kind of took my like, like real business to another level of sales tax and and a lease and paying rent and then, uh, really having to get customers to your door and make payroll. So, um, that was kind of, it was called Olympus ice. I did that for three years, 16 to 18. And then, uh, when I was 18, I, wanted to take a step up. I saw some other players in the mixed soda space in Utah mixing it up. And I was like, I want to put a little bit of a different spin to that. And also I just want to get into that game because it looks fun. Um, And I just love the game of business and competitiveness. And so I was like, that's what I want to do. And uh, in fact, someone asked me literally yesterday, why did you choose soda? Literally nothing. Nothing has to do with soda. It's just, I, identified like a fun looking entrepreneurial endeavor (laughs) and really for me that's what the fun of it is and thirst has totally evolved into not I don't even consider us in the soda shop realm anymore but basically over the last six years we started as doing drinks and cookies out of a location that I found in downtown Salt Lake with a drive-thru and um, I had that for about two years no one came (laughs) at all. I worked every shift and I um, really learned how to operate and grow a business from the ground up. And so did you have to shut that location down? No, it's open today. Now it's a, this last year we did over a million in revenue at that store. And so it's great store. Now it's for me, it's a proof of 
a little tangent, I guess, but for me, it's like our locations aren't that good. (laughs) In fact, I've got a couple of them that are my two top stores are good locations and meaning just high traffic, high volume, high traffic in, in neighborhoods. Yeah. And, and like, just for example, our downtown store, it's our first store ever. The first ever one I started is in the ghetto. It's like, it's really far West in Salt Lake and there's homeless people everywhere and they would always try to come inside and it's not really convenient to the ideal demographic that was, I was trying to get to come, but that made me learn how to get people there. I'm so glad I didn't have like a cushy, easy conveniency location. I'm, I'm glad I had the worst one I could find come to find out because um, those first two years definitely shaped my entrepreneurial skills as far as Mark. Um, for sure. And everything, not just marketing. And yeah, anyways, over the last six years, we've since grown, we opened a store up in a city called Mill Creek, West Jordan, Bountiful. South Salt Lake is our catering kitchen where we do weddings, corporate events, parties. It's actually my highest revenue store. The last few months is my catering uh, location and my catering line. We have vans that go out tonight. We're doing six, maybe not six, I think five events <laughs> all at once tonight. And uh, wow. then I have a food truck. I have a location in the Utah Jazz Arena. And we're working on opening four or five more here in 2022. And just, uh, I document the journey, all of it. I try to really, really make an impact as a, I take really seriously the fact that I have hundreds of employees and thousands and thousands of customers that trust me and look up to me. And uh, I try to be a really good leader and portray that to everyone on social media and be a really good example. And honestly, just share the journey because I want my kids to see it. And, uh, I love, uh, I'm, I'm, it's, I'm stoked to be back here on the podcast because I'm stoked to do everything like this, dude. Honestly, I think people like people, I think overvalue their time sometimes like, yeah, (laughs) sure. I'm busy, but like, this is exactly what I want to be doing. And I try to go like zeroing in on everything that I do when I'm doing it. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm grateful to be here more than anything. Where are your parents at in all this, man? Yeah, my mom is, uh, so my parents are separated. My, my, they both live here in Utah okay. and, uh, just honestly, my mom is why I think I take a different approach to entrepreneurship actually is like, she's not an entrepreneur at all. In fact, my okay. dad's not an entrepreneur either. He's Weird. not at all. He's very, yeah. He's okay. very conservative. He's a finance guy. He's like insanely smart with numbers. He actually helped me make my first projection on my snow cone shack. I still use that model for mine today. He's like super smart, super, uh, as far as like business, not a risk taker. But not a, Um, I mean, not a family of business owners or anything like that. Sounds like. No, but what I was saying with my mom is she shaped a lot of my success and what I think will be my success in business and not which is like just being nice is the priority, you know, like putting others before you putting things like tangible shit, like money, just last, literally last. And she just is like literally a saint. And, and I've, I think I, especially lately, I've been thinking a lot, like, why do I actually care so much about like how, the team member at my bountiful store who honestly I may not have met at this point, um, how they feel about work and like how, what kind of experience they get, like, or the same with the customer too. Like, why do I care so much that the customer really gets truly gets value? 
think it comes from my mom. Like she's just an insanely good person. And I think about that first before I think about like success for myself in any type of way. So huge shout out and credit to my mom for sure. <laughs> so what is, you know, when you talk about um, selling drinks, it's probably, I don't know any statistics or anything, but that has to be one of the most competitive, you know, things in the United States um, outside of maybe clothing or something like that. Um, literally you can get drinks anywhere. You can get them at convenience stores, restaurants, you know, um, and I know, of course, that doesn't make up the whole of your menu, but that is, you know, a, a large portion of your revenue, yeah. I would imagine. Yep. Um, 50%. 50%. 50%. So, so why, why does someone go to thirst? What makes thirst different and, and, and maybe relay it to not only your business, but relay it to a different business um, or, or other small business owners out there? What have you zeroed in on that you think is your competitive advantage? Sure. Yeah. First off, when I opened Thirst, I, I literally had nothing over my competitor as far as the products. In fact, they were worse. In fact, they were yeah. definitely not as good. It was 18-year-old yeah, yeah. Ethan going in there, making up all the drink combos. I was buying frozen cookies from a big supplier, bagging them and putting them out the window. Um, so from a product standpoint, when I opened six years ago, literally nothing. Now, saying on products since then we've done a bunch of things to separate ourselves and we're really a drinks and treats experience fresh baked soft pretzel bites is one of our highest selling items we make beignets in-house have you ever had beignets no, disneyland they're like they're like a freshly a sweet dough fresh donut basically has powdered sugar cinnamon sugar we make the dough and fry them fresh at all of our stores and um, we do weekend features every weekend. And we really, over the last six years, have honed in our products. However, I don't uh, think that that's our competitive advantage. It definitely helps and definitely is a good combo. But the number one thing that we sell is an experience. Like you look, even like in our Instagram bio on Thirst, a uh, drive-through experience of treats and drinks, customer service, free popcorn. Like Thirst, I intend for Thirst all over the world to be and experience like, yeah, the products are great. And we're going to continue to make them better and better and better. But what really you're thinking about when you think about thirst is, holy cow. I remember going through that drive through line. There was literally like a tunnel of lights above me. There's this person came out wearing this uniform that I remember. And they talked a certain way. They told me to have a happy day. Welcome to thirst. They offered me free popcorn with my order. Like things, things that you'll never really see it in another business really like you or at least you don't typically see like let's think about a normal drive-thru you pull through it's burger king they're probably annoyed to take your order their product is not fresh and there's nothing you know it did hey really listen you, you picked on burger king last time too i mean you're really going sorry you're getting after him sorry <laughs> so maybe i just gonna have to Maybe I kind of want to just like buy up Burger King and revive it for some reason. I've been thinking about freaking Burger King, <laughs> but, Dude, really but the burger is amazing. So, you know, it might be a good, might be a good plan. Yeah. Well, it's just an experience, dude. Like thirst is thirst is an experience. Like literally we sell our, our drinks are more expensive than you'll get at Maverick. There's yeah, there's, I'm downplaying like the quality of our products because it's just true. It's an experience. Like, well, let's talk about the quality of the product. Like if, if experience is your competitive advantage, uh -huh. um, you know, and I think about that in our business, um, it's a very heavy service-based business, but we're selling a commodity that you can get everywhere else. Yep. 
how much do you actually like think about care about the quality of your product? Um, think about coming up with new products, innovating your products, stuff like that in the, in the success of your business, if you're saying, you know, the experience is this much percent, but the product is this much percent, especially in the food service um, industry, how much do you think the product actually matters? Like as a percentage? Massively. one in, in one term, 100%, because the quickest way to get a customer to never come back is, this, is for them the to food's bite terrible. into that beignet and it's doughy or okay. like the soda to be flat or our pretzels to be like old, like microwavable. Like, it has to be good. Just like your service-based business. Like you could be the best customer service ever. You had the best marketing. No, no one had better social media. All the influencers are posting about you, but when they come and you did this amazing job to get them there, boom, they're, they hated it because the product has to be good. In fact, I keep this list on my phone, uh, like a to-do list. I call it things that make me anxious before going on offense. <laughs> and it's literally just a list of shit that I, that makes me anxious because I'm like, dang, I don't even want to be on the offense. I don't even want to be like providing you guys welcome to thirst. So excited that you guys are here. I'm like, forget about, or forget about even when they're there. How about getting them there? Ethan from thirst on social media, trying to get you to my business ads, marketing, like everything. Forget about any of that. I don't want to do it. I want to put it all on hold if my line's not going to move fast enough or if my beignets are going to come out doughy or if I don't think I have a dialed in pretzel recipe. Like those things have to be on lock. It's for me, it's like I that list that I was talking about, like I like to I like to keep those things because then I know if I fix these things, then I can do what I do best, which is full focus on the offense. Like if you're fully focused on the offense, like offense is always better. Offense is always better, but defense can also score, right? Like if you're, if you're really good, then people are going to keep coming back. And so I think it's a mix. And I think for, in, on some, on some perspective, it matters 100% because without it, right? right. Like you're not around. <laughs> and so I, I think about offense and defense a lot. Like I think literally I say offense and defense, I say to my team on Instagram and stuff. Because I'm like, sometimes I feel like I'm come in, come in, come in. And sometimes I'm like, let me try to help yeah. let me make fix sure this stuff. is good before yeah. anyone else comes. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's like a constant push and pull. And so I try to make sure my shit's solid before I try to get people in here. You know what I mean? How do you, you know, I'm not saying you're not a seasoned vet as in like an insult because you've obviously been in business for a while now, but, no, you're good, yeah. but you're not, you know, like what I would think of as like a 30 year executive or something yeah. like that, of course. Um, so how do you, you know, there's times where I just like, and it might be one thing that triggered the thought, or it might be one thing that, you know, just made me think, but there's some times where I'm like, I'm, I'm this far from being, uh, up a Creek. So, you know, uh, a bunch of people call in or, um, a store, something happens at a store and I can't get there or something happens at this. How do you, with five locations, you've got different things going on. You've got catering events, you've got things that, yep. you know, and I don't want to list all these things out and you start getting stressed out, but, uh, how, <laughs> how do you, you know, I know that there's got to be times, whether it's at the end of the day, the beginning of a day or whatever, that you are like, overwhelmed at like how much stuff you have going on do you ever get anxious and if you do how do you how do you cope with that the answer is yes the answer is 100 yes i tweeted something last night 
about this specifically because it's literally all you just nailed it on the head, bro. Cause it's literally always on my mind. And specifically, this is what I think about it. I think that the leader of the organization has the responsibility to hone in their skill of seeing this is literally what it looks like in my head. <laughs> it looks like a bunch of things like floating over your head that like is just chaos. Like my production kitchen's behind the catering vans are broke. Everything that you just said was like weirdly spot on. <laughs> and it's real. It's, it's genuinely like a skill for a leader or an entrepreneur to have all these things happen and to remain like calm, like it's almost like Zen and then pick off one thing at a time and make a strategy for the whole thing. Like it's the leader's job when everything's going to crap. It's the leader's job to be able to see just a mess of things in front of them and find a way through it and put them all into a puzzle. Like it's unreal. I'm not saying I'm seasoned at it at all. I'm definitely one of the things I think I. What calms you down though? Like you have that stuff over your head. You have all this stuff going on. What makes you not have a panic attack or just say, dude, I'm done. Like, I don't, you know, what may, what calms you down? Dude, honestly, the fact that I think that this whole business thing is a game. Like I try to keep a higher perspective than the game of business. Like if this game of business, if this thing fails, how does, how does that actually compare to my mom getting in a car accident? Like, really doesn't matter that much like i i always talk about how i think of business as a game i really do i play it that play it hard every day right you feel like on a field competitors you got your teammates but really like at the end of the day life's more important than the game you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and so ultimately when when things are going really bad like that i have to remember that number one but number two i'm like okay this is it like this is a moment in time where you've been thinking about this you need to see all these things going on. It'll probably happen today. Probably today. My area manager's out of town today, like I was telling you. And I'm going to be, you know, the one making sure that all the GMs and are running their stores perfectly. There's going to be fires to put out all day. And it's going to be my job to provide a plan, provide comfort, provide people confidence, and, like, just be the leader. Like, you have to be able to take a step back, see them all, and be like, all right, let's put these into a plan and just go one at a time. Just go one at a time. I was just telling you about my list. The reason I like to have lists of things that make me feel anxious is because the only way to fix things is just by attacking one at a time. And honestly, you look up and then it's all done. You have nothing to be anxious about. So, dude, it's on my mind all the time. Like, like, and I'm, I try to be really humble about it. You know, like that's the other thing with my team too. My team, some, especially my corporate team, they, no, they are aware of all the things going to share, right? Like they're <laughs> in the loop. Yeah. And, and I try to establish to them that like, I don't know the right answer to all of this stuff, but I'm going to die trying and I'm going to be, I'm going to do my absolute best to lead this team. And like, I'm not that seasoned vet, but I'm trying to get there. And I, I don't try to be that right now. Like I'll, I'll yeah. tell my whole team, like over, over, like we have this text blast service. I like to send messages out to all of the team members. I'll tell the whole team things I'm not sure about and struggling with. I think it makes us stronger as a what team. What do you use for that community? It's so good, dude. Game changer. Like I've seen, I've seen it. Game yeah. changer. Like I, it's the best way to communicate with my team 
hands down. I feel like it's improved our culture. I probably did it like three months ago. And, and they can text you back and everything, right? I mean, it comes back, back to you. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. two-way. So it's me and my like admin secretary that's on it. And she kind of helps me manage it. But like, uh-huh. first off, it's a direct line. to the, This is huge for like any business owner. I think the best one is community. You community is where you have a community, whether I it was my thirst followers or my thirst team, which I just do it for my thirst team right now, where first day you uh, get hired at thirst. The first thing you do is we get you signed up for our community. And literally I've built out my whole hiring and training process on it because you can do like keywords. Like I, if you text hire in the thirst community, it'll be boom. Welcome. Thanks for joining the team. Here's the paperwork you need to fill out. Please fill out this form. If you text train, it'll walk you through all of our videos and quizzes. Like, but more than anything, the best part about it, like for instance, this morning, I sent out a voice memo over it to everyone. Like it's like a voice memo. It comes through Mm -hmm. a text, like on your phone. And I was like, hey, guys, it's Ethan. Like, everyone's got their donuts at the store. It's going to be an amazing day. Um, I was telling them, like, we're going to sell out of donuts early. So be okay with that and shift the focus um, to our amazing other products when you're upselling to customers today. Don't let them de- be upset about us being out of donuts. Just, like, little stuff yeah. like that. Like, how else would they have heard that from, you know, the president of the company at store number seven? I don't think right. they would have. And so I love it, dude. It's been That's awesome. crazy for our culture. Yeah. Let's say, uh, you know, you won the lottery, uh, you found money somewhere, you, you know, had a, a rich uncle you didn't know about and mm-hmm. uh, got an inheritance and you had 10 times the budget that you have now. Um, yep. What would you spend it on in your business? I would spend it on a team to build scale, to execute on a lot of the principles that and strategies that I think are correct right now. I think that there's an opportunity for, and I would. What do you mean by that? To scale, to scale, what to scale, let let me give an example. Okay. Yeah. Well, one of the pain points I'm having in my business right now is I didn't raise funding. I don't really want to raise funding. I want to, I want to keep, I'm not worried about the speed of it, but one of the things that that kind of comes with is, it's hard to grow and have all the people and resources that you need with like for revenue that's coming in three months from now when this store opens. Right. And yet we Mm got to make, we got to build a team. we got to do all the marketing for me. That's going from profit, like profit from the other stores, which is like, you know, it's a lot to reinvest. And so first off I've reinvested every dollar that I've ever made back in it. But if I had more money, I would put it in the team because I wouldn't put it in. There's, for, for me, like, I think the best strategy is not as far as like, let's say marketing to mm-hmm. blow up my business. For me, there's not like, I'm not like, oh, I put it all into Facebook ads because I think those are underpriced. I don't think that's not my style. My style is let me hire five people to go into every local Facebook group around every store that I have and become part of the community around that store, engage with every person dm every person in the community and give them a free coupon to our store via instagram dm be outside and like honing in our customer service having like like just really really having any resource that i could to make legacy happen you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. like make scale at legacy i would i would take all of that money and i would build it into a team to to make a massive impact and value for sure What's something that you believe, whether it's in business or, or along those community lines or whatever, that 
almost no one agrees with you about? I mean, more than anything, I think it's that as an entrepreneur, I don't think other entrepreneurs agree that focusing on the money and really just trying to provide value to your team and the customer is the right strategy. <laughs> like if everyone on Instagram, as you know, is in front of Lamborghinis is talking about how to ha go to someone's door and manipulate them into buying pest control from them. Or like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, it's not real business in my opinion. It's that's manipulation. And like, I just, I'm not a big believer. Like I don't love sales because I feel like a lot of time it's actually manipulation and it's not value on both ends. I think what's, what's different about me is, I'm trying to leave a legacy of being like the nicest, best example of an entrepreneur ever. And I, so my strategies match that, like I have a multi-million dollar company and I don't take any salary. Like I took the $25,000 last year because it's literally, I, it's all I need. And like, I'm just playing the game. And so I think that's the biggest thing for me. I'm different than other entrepreneurs and I'm trying to break through that. Honestly, like that's why I'm so pumped to do stuff like this. Like, I think there needs to be better examples of what an entrepreneur actually is, because what's getting perceived, I think, is actually just a bunch of bull crap, in my opinion. <laughs> I read a statistic the other day. It said that it was either 94 or 96. I can't remember, but in the high, high 90s, percentage of businesses do under $1 million in revenue and have less than five employees. Yeah. How at, you know, and I don't know when you opened your second location, but 18, 19 years old, how did you figure out how to get past what the far, far majority of business owners can, cannot figure out or cannot grasp? How do you get past one location or how do you get past two locations? What do you think the difference is? Um, you know, and it might be that, you know, I saw, I saw a deal that said co-founder, you know, I don't know if you have other, you know, people that help you that do have like a portion of the profit or whatever, but, but how mm -hmm. did you get past, past that point? I personally think that getting past that point is really just mapping your ambition, your actions to your ambitions for what What's I mean, mean by that is, so you say you have that one store, it's sub $1 million in revenue. You have five employees. You, if you want to take it to the first off, that's beautiful. And you could, should make a, find salary like that. If that's all you want, that's perfect. Um, but I think a lot of people open a second store and are like, why isn't it busy? And I think, and I'll point out, for example, a strategy right now that could make it busy. If you went to, this is my favorite strategy of all time for marketing ready for a local business or a brick and mortar store. It's use Instagram DM and use the search function search by place find everyone in your community that's posting. I'm in West Jordan right now. That's the name of the city I'm in Utah. I'm in. I search West Jordan. I then can see everyone posting in there. You can go to top post or recent posts. I go to recent because I want your average everyday Joe that lives in West Jordan. There's thousands, right? Tens of thousands. I want to message every single one of them, a custom message saying, Hey, my name is Ethan. I own this business in West Jordan. I would love to earn your business. I would love to have you in for a free pretzel bite cup. No purchase necessary. I just want to prove to you that we're a huge value to your city. Let me know if I can do anything for you. Thank you so much. Hope to see you soon. That took 
the action of me finding them. It took me writing a custom message. I didn't copy paste it. I did it. It's Ethan. It's, it, it helped a lot that it was the owner. It was authentic. We're that's talking five minutes. I mean, five, five yeah. minutes. Yeah. Right. But then that's a real customer. Right. And if we're actually good, like we we're talking about a minute ago, if our product experience is actually good and we get them in there, boom, they're coming back. Right. If I'm confident on that. So there's a strategy right there that you can literally hand get customers one by one to your door. And it works like crazy, dude. It works like crazy. Like it's literally my top. I'd rather put my money there than anything. That's why I said people, because I would literally do stuff like that, where I would literally go to like a chamber of commerce and meet everyone and tell them about my business and, and try to earn their business. Like it's work. I think the answer is work. Like Mm -hmm. the answer is work. If you want to have two locations that are busy, you're going to have to work more than you do at one. If you want, if people, a lot of people, I feel like have multiple stores and they wonder why they're not busy. Well, there's clear tactics laid out of what you could do, but it's going to take an enormous amount of work. So for me, I really feel like that's the difference, dude. I feel like it's a, it's the amount of work you put in and it's not, it's fine to put in whatever amount of work you want, but if you're going to complain and say, I wish my business was busier, I wish I had separate locations or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You better look at yourself and be like, am I putting in the work to actually make them busy? Because most of the time, like, have I done everything I could to make these stores busy? Probably not. And so I think for me, that's the difference is just the work, dude. It's so much work, work ethic. Like, it's just, you got to love it. And um, work ethic, I just think is the variable. You can do so much with hustle. It's free. It's the only thing. It's the only variable. I feel like no one talks about hustle anymore because it got, I feel like it got popular when I was like 18, 19. And now it's not because there's, it's all about balance. That's work-life balance. Yeah. <laughs> and I get it. Like get your work-life balance, do whatever makes you happy. But I'm telling you, if you're complaining about your business, not being busy, if you hustled more, it would be busier. And like, yeah. if you need tactics to figure out, you could probably Google them. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it's just, in my opinion, it's just that I love hustle, dude. Like, I just think it's such a sick way to look at things. Like if I work harder, this will be better. Perfect. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> do you, do, do you think that some people have a, um, like talking about the person that we're just talking about, really, do you think that there's some people that have a good mindset or strategy for business or they're smarter in business than others? Or do you think that that's really not that big of a a variable? I think it, I think definitely it is. I think, I think, I think for me, talking to people is probably my best skill. Like my people skills is probably my best skill. And that's translated into my business success for sure. Someone who didn't have that wasn't born with those, like, I'm so grateful I was born with the DNA that gives me to be able to do that because yeah, no question. I think business is a skill set for sure too. Like that work ethic I just talked about, it can help it too. But like, if it's same as like, you know, like if you're really naturally gifted at a sport or if I really worked to develop that skill as sport, you know what I mean? Like it's, you can get better by working harder, but yeah, I, yeah, I think that business is a skill set too. And it's not necessarily like business itself, but maybe it's consumer understanding of consumers. Maybe it's like the way that you can build and excite a team to even be able to do what you want to do. Yeah. Uh, like communication skills. It's just, uh, it's definitely skills in there too, for sure. 
What do you see um, either Thirst or Ethan um, in say 15, 20 years from now? Do you, do you plan on building the biggest thirst empire you can, or is it, you know, do you find yourself building other businesses or where do you, where do you see yourself? Yeah. Um, I'm stoked to answer this question because um, I love, I love the 15 year game, you know, cause it's long and it's far away from now. And it's also when I'm, in 15 years, I feel like I'm going to be in my prime. Like I'm so pumped for 15 years from now. Cause I want to be that seasoned vet. Like you talk about, and I and still like have a ton of energy in the tank. So I am beyond pumped for 15 years. I think in 15 years, I want to see Thirst everywhere. First off, I think it's a brand that is so happy and relevant. And the products at this point are so applicable and good to everyone that I truly know that it's going to be everywhere. I think it's going to be in Disney World, Disneyland. It's going to be in every place that you is just happy. It's, it's going to be there. Plus stores everywhere. Um, I don't know exactly what that's going to look like. If it's franchise, if it's all, I own them all, but I know that I want to have a restaurant right now. I want kind of next few years is I want to continue to build thirst. And I have my corporate team that's running my catering business. My Wetzel's business is my truck, my, and then all the thirst stores, that team, um, I want to develop into a restaurant group where we have a ton of brands underneath us. Um, we, we call our customers, the thirsty nation or the Wetzel's Truck Nation, or Thirst Catering Nation, and we want to, I want to be the Nation Food Group, and um, I want to have lots of different brands that are all a part of, like, the Nation ecosystem, and all have kind of our same core values, so I definitely want to make a spin in the restaurant industry. I'm thinking about a couple things, maybe like pizza or fried chicken, um, that I'm really excited about, and always kind of toying with ideas, but after that, I want to be I so that's like my businesses but really I want to get that done and by becoming a legendary icon of entrepreneurship and I want people to want to support me and love my story I want to be an yesterday I got to talk to an entire middle school of kids about entrepreneurship and like just what's I felt like it was my opportunity to tell them like what's cool right now like what's cool is like a winner like and I was it was I took it really seriously because I was like man, you can really make an impact. And it, and it made me like, even more what are you guys excited. snacking on? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I was like, I literally told these kids, I was like, it's, it's really cool to be nice to everyone. And like, that's the coolest way to build a business. And like, forget about like Lamborghinis, Lamborghinis and models. Like here's some like cool right way stuff to do it. And look, I built this multi-million dollar business. And I, that's the way I do it. And go follow me on Instagram. I want to be impactful, dude. I want to have a massive presence. Um, I mean, I'm not necessarily worried about being the most famous person ever, but like, I want to have impact. I want to, I want to, one specific thing I want to do is I want to try to be the mayor of Salt. I don't know if I told oh, yeah, you Yeah, we talked about this last time. Yeah. yeah. I want to be the mayor, not because I, I'm not political at all, but I want to be a leader that is very like voicing and is very much an example. I feel like we don't have enough of those. And uh, I don't, I don't want to be that leader in politics that's like crazy up there because that would be my <laughs> life's work. But when I, uh, once I've got some business success under my belt for some rep and I'm at a point where I can let it kind of run itself for a Plus few Plus you years, could probably weasel your way into a, a location that you wouldn't have otherwise if you, uh. Yes. With mayor. mayor <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I want to be the mayor. Like imagine, dude, imagine if a mayor was like posting five times a day on TikTok. 
Hey, so, like make so the do, world you, a place. do you watch the show The Prophet? Or have you heard of that I've show? I've seen it. I've seen it. So the guy like that owns that owns a or does the show owns a, a business called Camping World. Um, and it's yep. a very large business. But he also like on the show, he buys other businesses and like kind of rolls them into, you know, his yep. his book of businesses. But he um when he was growing up, he was actually adopted and from Florida and he ran for, it was either mayor or governor and was like one of the youngest mayors or governors. Um, that was like at the time he was one of the youngest ones. He was in his young twenties, um, and did the same thing, but he kind of did it before his business career started. But yeah, it's kind of interesting. You say that young twenties, really? Yeah. Yeah. He like set a record. Like I said, like it was like one of the youngest that had ever been, um, elected at that time. Well, dude, like here's the thing. If, if I'm trying to build up awareness right now, so that I can do whatever I want like that so that I can make that impact so I can be the mayor if I want or I can also too like stuff like like if I need to spread a message about what's going on or something that I what I think is right like I want to be able to do that and and I think like to I don't know how that guy did it but a strategy that I'm going to use is like what if there's someone on like a 29 year old kid that's famous on TikTok and popular all over Instagram like they've got a really good shot at moving the polls. Yeah. In fact, probably yeah. a lot better than the traditional way of marketing influencing people. people are doing it. Yeah. Like yeah. way more influence. So I want to be, that's why I'm kind of building this stuff up so that I can go. So you're and, saying you might like, pass the road sign, the uh, yard signs and uh, the hand, <laughs> handouts at the parade, huh? I'll do it all. I'll do it all. <laughs> so question, like, yeah. I don't know when you did the Wetzel's pretzels deal, but how old were you when you started that? Just been maybe a year. Okay. So how does a 23, you know, give or take year old person weasel their way into a franchise, let them have the trust in you to do that. And of course, like, I'm sure there's some sort of franchise um, requirements such as like cash on hand, all that type of stuff. Like, uh, I don't know their, their ins and outs of their requirements, but how did you get into them? And then you're working with them, continuing like different concepts and stuff. How do you continue that relationship? Are you friendly with the owner or how did that, how did that work? Uh, I wasn't going in. No. Um, I think the biggest thing that allowed me to be able to do this is rap. Like I've had thirst for a long time. My mm. stores are successful. Everything is on record and it was pretty easy for me, um, to go in and pitch this kind of idea, which is Wetzel's pretzels powered by thirst. It's a collaboration. They've never done a collaboration. We literally like, so how did redid- you talk them into that? I mean, you're, you know what I'm saying? We are, well, basically they Corona hit. Wetzel's Pretzels has 400 stores. They're all in malls and the malls were not doing well. Um, wow. Meanwhile, drive through is exploding, right? It's the only thing that people sure. can do. And I mean, there was no Wetzel's Pretzels in Utah at the time for some reason. Um, there was no franchisee here. And meanwhile, I'm in Utah selling pretzels, drinks out of a drive through very successfully. So I thought and, all the pretzel uh, stuff at Thirst be- came because of Wetzel's, but you were doing Thirst first and you were doing pretzels first before you even did the Wetzel's. Yeah, we still do them both. So Thirst wow. pretzels and Wetzel's pretzels, they coexist. So all the okay. stores that I have are Thirst, like purebred stores. Okay. And then I'm at my food truck and then two stores that I'm building right now are Wetzel's pretzels powered by Thirst stores. So it's a Thirst store. The only difference is the pretzels are Wetzel product. Okay. And, uh, I just, I want to do it because I think it's a massive opportunity. It's a, the brands aligned perfectly. Sure. They're a mix of just a happy brand and an experience. Our pretzel products are both good. They both have their advantages <laughs> and they're served differently. They're a different recipe. 
And also I would like to take over all of Wetzel's pretzels <laughs> and I would like to power all of them by thirst, like totally transparently. And uh, like, I, I saw an opportunity with them where I, I think what I'm doing with marketing could explode their business and all of their stores. It was just, for me, it's like a massive opportunity. I wanted more things under my portfolio. I wanted to learn how to be a franchisee because mm. I might want to do that with my business. You want to see the other and side? Like, yeah, it's just all wins and they're stoked about it. Like it's not take it's bringing massive value and awareness to them. And so it's just, it was, it's been amazing, dude. I'm so Have you met the owner it. or the ownership group of that? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty close with the CEO and everyone. I was able to pitch the original concept to them. And then we've been friends ever since I actually was just in Wetzel's pretzels bought a float in the Rose parade in Pasadena, California. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. I saw that on your Instagram. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. And so uh, they invited me to come walk with it. And so like I was in the Rose Parade with the Wetzel's Pretzels float. And so I'm team Wetzel's 100%. I'm Wetzel boy. I'm down to be Wetzel boy. In fact, I am. And I always, I always will be at this point. But um, I'm also the Thirsty Nations boy. And so <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I saw, uh, I saw the Wetzel's deal. And I just assumed that's kind of where you started. And then you spun off Thirst after that. But that's, sure, that's yeah. super interesting. You, you got into that after you started the Thirst deal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm also too of the, of the perspective of like, dude, I don't think anything comes out of my pocket when it comes to a competitor, like, Oh great. There's literally soda shops, the premier soda player, the OG founder of the soda is called Swig. It's, I don't know if you've ever heard of them, but they're expanding mm -hmm. really fast. I think they got like 40 or 50 locations now. Ballers, amazing concept, great experience. They were the first ever in the soda game way before us respect to the, moon but like i don't i have a store a quarter mile away from them in mill creek our stores both do good like and it's also like may the best person win right yeah. so i not i really don't ever focus on them i try to be friends with every all my competitors i think competitors make things better and i just genuinely think if someone's complaining about a neighboring like if you're a pizza shop you have a neighboring pizza shop and you're complaining about them like that's the worst strategy of all time. Yeah. <laughs> you just use that and that work ethic we talked about to complain when you really yeah. could have just focused on getting, being better or getting new customers. And so that's kind of my competitor strategy too. Well, man, uh, you know, in closing, I have one final question, but I just want to take this time to first off, thank you so much for re-recording. Um, yeah. Fingers crossed. Everything's good on mm -hmm. this one so far, but, uh, it looks good. Uh, yeah. I hate that other, we're going to have to, uh, Man, uh, put that other one to bed. I think after that last one, I've lost a couple good, recordings now. So it was good. Though. I know it was the best, and it it, it died. I mean, it. I got it a couple there. clips on my phone. I'll keep posting them. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, uh, just so I first thank you for re-recording, and man, um, it's it's inspirational to talk to you, man. It's it's motivating as a as a another business owner. Um, I appreciate you know talking to people that are working hard and trying to constantly maybe even too much reinvent re uh innovate yeah. <laughs> uh you know their own business it's it's exhausting watching uh some of your instagram stories and stuff that uh all the oh. new stuff you're trying so i i thank you for that so much thank you brother thank you so much um so in closing man if you had to give someone you know talk to the person that maybe wants to start um you know you started quickly after high school or really in high school a new business and someone is scared to maybe leave a corporate job or they're scared to start their own business that they might not make money or they might not have what it takes to do that or maybe they don't 
you know, want to have that level of responsibility and anxiety that we talked about earlier, talk to someone that, um, is starting out and, and what advice would you give them knowing everything, you know, now? Yeah. I mean, I would say to be practical. This is typically my answer for like a question like this. I, it goes back to what I think is different about me, real entrepreneurship. When someone wants to be an entrepreneur, they typically think about how am I going to raise money for my idea? or, um, or all of this crap. That's not actually entrepreneurship. Like how about like my advice to someone who wants to get into entrepreneurship is do something entrepreneurial that doesn't cost you any money to start. Like you can literally start it from zero. For example, if you want to start a restaurant, maybe start a catering truck first, or maybe start a catering like cart first, or maybe do an Uber eats out of like your house. Like it's literally like do be practical. Like I I wish I would have actually done, I kind of did that with my shaved eye shot and then into thirst, but I still wish I would have like done something more like that with thirst. But what I did do with thirst was practical, right? Like it's a real business with expenses and I didn't raise any money. And I, I had to learn how to hone those skills. Like if you do a practical business, then AKA you don't have funding to fall back on if you don't succeed in making all of your revenue be more than your expenses, then you learn how to do it. Like you're forced to do it. Like when I, when I was in year two and no one was coming, I was like, well, either I'm going out of business or I'm going to learn how to get people in. <laughs> and so like people we call that I poo think, or get off the loo. Yep. <laughs> I think like if you, if your first business is raising funding for your app idea that you have, you're definitely going to lose all that money and you're going to not do well. That's why like you look at these apps, those people are entrepreneurs. Those are executors, the people that are running those things. And so I think do the app for sure, do it. But first you got to learn the skills of entrepreneurship and you do that in a practical business and like one that you don't have any money to fall back on one that is forces you to learn the skills. So I'd say force yourself to learn the skills practically like one step at a time one step at a time because that's real entrepreneurship and if you're good at that then go take the money and see what you can do like i feel like right now i still don't want to raise money from anyone because i think i'm still honing those skills still honing down but when i'm ready and i do feel that confidence to do it i think i'm going to be unstoppable if i've got both those skills plus funding or whatever that may be so that'd be my advice I have no doubt in my mind, Ethan. Uh, thank you so much again for, for being on. One and, more thing, uh, actually, that I would say, too. I've, like, one of my biggest strategies is just figure out what you can do for others as a business owner. Like, what you can do for your customer and what you can do for the team. Like, what can I do? Having the strategy, like, my biggest strategy, I, post, I like to post it on my Instagram story a lot. What can I do for you? And I just put that sticker out there because, like, giving is the best. It gives you all the leverage, like giving and being, being, putting yourself after your customers and really thinking about other people first. It's genuinely the best business strategy in entrepreneurship. So I think like people think a lot about that. How am I going to make the most money? How am I going to build this biggest business? What can you do for others? Typically in the long run is going to actually build the biggest business of all time. I think. And if it's, if I'm right, I'm <laughs> to be, be continued, huh? Yeah. If I'm right, I'm going to be on record. If I'm wrong, so be it. Let's do it. <laughs> That's the sword you're willing to die on, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, exactly. man, 
thank you so much again for uh for being on thank you man anything i can do to help you